in a world where literally anyone can host a podcast. Two stoners come together to unite their marijuana and movie knowledge to bring you the latest movie review, as long as they remember to press record. Welcome to the Blunt Movie Reviews. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Travis Aerosmith, and joining me straight from the quarantine blunt zone is my co-host, Jesse Pena. Now, before we get started, we would like to thank everyone for all your likes, shares, and subscribes. Keep it up. It helps out tremendously. And if this is your first time at the Blunt Movie Reviews, we want to say thank you. And to warn you, we're a little blunt about our movies. We're a little blunt about our opinions. We're not like other jerk-offs. We're going to tell you how it is and how we feel. And you can judge it by there. You could either watch the movie because we talk shit or not watch it because we talk shit. You can use us as a gauge. We would like to give a special shout out to Tim Melville for giving us an early copy of this movie so that we could review it just for you guys. Thanks, Tim. And Jesse, what is the movie? This week's movie is 2020's Force of Nature. Hit me with that movie guy plot. Actually, Jesse, we're going to do something different. This week, we're going to do the Movie Guy trailer. So, Travis, hit me with that Movie Guy trailer. There is a storm right now, 160 miles per hour. To perhaps devastate Puerto Rico. With a hurricane on its way, a group of thieves plan a heist. $55 million. Here in this building. But they didn't plan on two cops being placed on evacuation duty. We're evacuating the building! Or an old man that refuses to leave. Oh, thank God, I need your help. I'm staying here, I'm not leaving. It's a category five hurricane going on outside, you forgot about that. I think it's a five already? To stay alive, they will need to fight back. You're gonna hunt us down. He's part of a crew at this high-end heist job. I got a buddy downtown. He's been chasing these clowns for a month. If we're gonna stand any kind of chance, we need all the firepower we can get. Emil Hirsch, Kate Brodsworth, David Sayez, and Mel Gibson in Force of Nature releases June 30th, 2020. If you're trying to make an impression, now's the time. Hi, and welcome to the Blunt Movie Reviews. We were all set to kick it off with this movie's top cast. Starting all the way on top with the director. This movie is directed by Michael Polish. Have you seen anything he's done, I've or is this the first for you? he's ever done. Yeah, I saw one movie he did, uh, he directed about five years ago, 2015, 90 Minutes in Heaven. And when I started it, I was thinking, you know, it was something else. You, we all remember Seven Minutes in Heaven, mm-hmm. which is something completely different. This movie stars Hayden Christensen and Kate Bosworth. Oh, Hayden, huh? Yeah, Whoa. that's all I need to say, that right? <laughs> Uh, but it's about a man on his way home from work that gets into a car accident and he dies for 90 minutes. 
So when he comes back to life, he's like, I was in heaven. And the whole it's a very, very heavy, dramatic movie that's slow and didn't need to be two hours. No. Okay. But starring with him in that movie is Kate Bosworth. I believe they're married. Right. Her and Hayden Christensen? Yes. No. no. Her and uh, Michael Polish. I believe oh, they're the director. married. Yeah, I believe okay. they've been together for a couple years now. Well, I guess that brings us right to her in this movie, Kate Bosworth. What do you got for? Uh, for Kate Bosworth, I have... Ooh, 2006's Superman. Ooh, Superman Brandon Returns? Brandon Routh. Oh. Yes, Superman Returns. That's right. Ooh, that was a harsh one. That was a harsh one. I actually liked it a little bit. I didn't think it was great, but it, you know, Kevin Spacey, you know? I know. He actually did a pretty good Lex Luthor. Not bad. A lot better than uh, Jesse Eiselberg. Yeah, Jeez. Eiselberg. <laughs> <laughs> uh, absolutely. I think so. But the, the movie itself obviously was not well received by anybody, really. And I'll say his name right when he doesn't screw up iconic characters. But, How about that? That's that's a deal we're going to make. But uh, <laughs> I like a movie, she, or not actually a movie, a TV show she did for Netflix last year called The I Land. Okay. Seven episodes, limited series. It's about ten people that wake up on an island, and they're all a little shady. And they got to figure out what's going on and survive. And it's a decent TV show, very sci-fi. Up next, we have Emile Hirsch. So I'm pretty sure we both picked the same one for this. It's probably one of the best movies of his career, and that's 2006's Alpha Dog. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, what a killer cast. That was a good movie, man. Yes, very sad. One of the saddest movies I've ever seen. Well, it was based off a true story, wasn't it? Yeah, that's what makes it even sadder. Yeah, this kid and, was just, he was a big-time drug dealer in, what, in California? Yeah, he plays uh, Lovejoy, a drug dealer, and Ben Foster, one of the craziest actors out there. At least he portrays one of the craziest people. Uh Gets into an altercation. It's a, with, he's a white supremacist junkie who can't pay his debt. That's exactly what it is. So Emil Hirsch decides we'll get revenge. We'll kidnap his little brother, which is Anton Yelchin. The, the, the late Anton Yelchin. The late Anton Yelchin, which is sad that he's dead now, but he did great in this movie. This is where I first noticed him. Right, right. I, I believe this led him to becoming um, one of the main cast members on Star Trek the movies. Like, this really led him on his road because it was a good role for him and everyone that was involved in it. Justin Timberlake was in this movie, guys. I know. I didn't know Justin Timberlake could act. He was very good in this movie. This and In Time, I mean, great movies. But this movie also had Bruce Willis in it. But very good, very sad, and just great great acting all the way around. For Emile Hirsch, I chose 2004's Girl Next Door. That was a very funny movie. I liked that movie, and I was in love with Alicia Cuthbert back then. I mean, she is still gorgeous to this day, but I was really in love with her then. Um, It's basically about a boy who lives in this small, very quiet town. looks like Illinois. I I don't know where it was, actually. Midwest, uh, somewhere. And a girl that's unbelievably gorgeous moves next door, and he tries to woo her and finds out that she's a former recovering porn star, and she's being hunted down by her not-pimp. Timothy Oliphant, who was great in the movie, too. Yeah, he was. He, he gives one of the best one-liners, is the juice worth the squeeze? And I think about that all the time when I do things. Is it worth it? Nah, it's not worth it. But uh, I like the movie. The movie itself also had Paul Dano in it. And uh, I'm a big fan of Paul Dano. And uh, 
the movie altogether is it's a decent movie. It's not it's very entertaining. Not great. At least one or two watches. I mean, they, yeah. you, you watch it every few years. It's not too bad. Uh, another actor in this movie I want to talk about before we move on to the great Mel Gibson is David Zayas. Uh, he plays Sergeant Angel Batista in 2006's Dexter for 96 episodes. Yeah. Dexter, I'm pretty sure that's also on Netflix. It comes and goes. But Dexter by day is a blood splatter analysis for the police department. But at night, he goes and kills murderers. That's his hobby. I'm, everyone needs a hobby, right? And I chose 2016 16 Blocks. With Bruce, Bruce Willis, Willis and, and most Def, uh, he's a he's a rapper, and it's basically most Def is a state's witness who has to get to the courthouse so that he can testify against, I believe, a big time drug dealer. Oh, no, no, uh, corrupt cops. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And uh, Bruce Willis, who's not a corrupt cop, has to get him there, even though the traffic is backed up uh, all throughout New York City. So he has to walk on foot while being hunted down by these corrupt cops trying to kill most Def. Decent action movie, very yeah, entertaining. Yeah, uh, most yeah, most Def is I believe it was a very good movie. One of his first, like he really. I think that's his best movie. I really do. Uh, you didn't like Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy? Not, not particularly. So for our last actor, we're going to talk about that starred in this week's movie, Force of Nature, Mel Fucking Gibson. What movie do you recommend to our listeners? That is Mel Gibson. Well, you know. He's done a lot of movies. He's, he's made, had an amazing career he's, he's, up until he yelled at the cop. He he's had a lot of really good movies. So it was really hard for me to choose. I decided not to go with my favorite movie. But it's almost like my favorite movie. I went with 1999's Payback. Ooh, such a great movie. That's such a fucking movie. It was going to be Braveheart cuz I mean, it's fucking Braveheart. I love Payback. Payback's one of my favorite movies which I think you can line up two other Mel Gibson movies, and if you just, you know, change the character a little bit, it could fit all three. That's Payback, Get the Gringo, and Bloodfather. You watch all those three yeah. movies as a trilogy, it could have been awesome. If it could have been had the it same name. Yeah. So the movie is about this crook named yeah. Porter who just steals for a living, uh, but by a code. No, they they did a big job. It was like thirty six thousand yeah. dollars, but his partner and his wife double crossed him. Yeah. So his partner could buy his way back into the syndicate. Yeah, which is the big gang in in New York. Yeah. Well, Mel Gibson comes back and he just wants his money back, but no one can believe it's only thirty six thousand yeah. dollars. That one guy, I got suits worth more than this. And uh, that's all he wants is the thirty six thousand. He doesn't want any more. He doesn't want any less. He just wants that, and then he'll leave. No one will give him this money, so he has to give them hell and give them hell. He fucking does. It is a great movie, a masterpiece of an action flick. Lucy Liu does an amazing job. It's in got it. Maria Bello. It's got uh, Greg Henry, David Paymer. Great movie. Oh, great cast. And I always liked how they did the movie in that kind of like blue tint. The kind of noir type yeah, look. Yes, absolutely. I really liked that. Yeah, um, the, the script writing, the the dialogue is just so well done. The banter between all these characters, just very well done. Oh, yeah. Great one-liners. Well, I looked back through his career because, I mean, I've watched a lot of his movies. I've, you know, I love Mel Gibson. And I picked a movie that I usually don't talk about. Because it's kind of a, a, a romance movie of his. It's 1992's Forever Young. 
Oh, okay. See, you like Is that, that? Julie like Roberts? That. No, uh, was... Jamie Lee Curtis. Okay. Yeah, no, that, that's a very and good movie. Elijah Wood. Yeah, that's right, huh? Yeah. Wow. Mel Gibson is in the military in the 70s, and his soon-to-be wife is hit by a bus. So he joins a program in the military to be cryogenically frozen. Well, he wakes up in the 90s and starts aging rapidly. And it's just a good movie, and he's just trying to find love before he runs out of time. Because, I mean, if you're about to die, man, you want to get laid, right? (laughs) All right, since we're done talking about the director and the cast for Natural Forces, we get to move on to one of my favorite parts of the show. That's when we pack up our glass twisty blunt and smoke a blunt. Jesse, you, uh, you're the fire marshal Bill today. Uh, what did you bring us to puff on? Uh, this week we are smoking Desert Grown Farms Cactus OG. It sits at a THC of 22.78%. Oh, sounds good. Like there's one mystery solved. Now how about we hit that blunt? Review. All right, Jesse, it's been a while since we actually got to see a movie. You know, the whole quarantine thing keeping us inside and, you know, other complications not allowing us to see screeners for a little bit. Yeah. That time is about up. Uh, (laughs) So what did you think of this week's movie, Forces of Nature? Force of Nature. Force Force of Nature. Not to be confused with Forces of Nature. 99 Sandra Bullock. (laughs) This movie was okay. I didn't have too many glaring problems with it, but I expected more of it because at the beginning of the movie, there's a scene where Mel Buck Gibson is trying to pinpoint a shot between looks like a partner and a bad guy. And I really expected there to be a twist to that. It was just the scene that happened in the movie that they gave it a lot more importance than I thought they should have. Because when there was no twist at all, I was like, but, but wait, what's going on here? So like, it just, it didn't make a lot of sense to me, this movie. Having an American cop in Puerto Rico, but he doesn't speak Spanish, well, on I, the police force. I actually liked Emil Hirsch's character mm-hmm. when it first came on screen. I liked him playing, yeah, I thought he was doing a good job playing the cop that didn't give a fuck. The asshole, He's like, yeah. You need to get out there and do evacuation patrol and get these people out. And he just like it. it, it Why? It's raining. You want me to go out there? Are you sure? It it's really coming down. <laughs> I mean, I I could be just as helpful sitting right here at the desk. So I liked his character was introduced, and later as the movie went, I have a problem with a lot of the characters in this movie. First of all, his later at the end, and anyone that watches the movie, it I'm gonna call it the DiCaprio moment. It's like he goes away from the character that he's played the whole movie up until the last 10 minutes he's going to change his character. And as I say DiCaprio moment, you watch it, you'll realize, oh shit, he's trying to be DiCaprio right now. Dude, you ain't getting an Oscar for this movie. You're not going to get it! (laughs) I was just wondering how much they paid Mel Gibson to be in this movie because he wasn't in this movie all that much. And all he was was an asshole, so he didn't add much to the story. He did kick some ass for what little he ass he did kick, but... Oh, I loved Mel Gibson in this. No, I love his crotchety, old man, shit-talking Gibson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, yeah. It's just old, surly, funny. All and knee-jerk can, reactions, yeah. complete honesty, just dickhead. Yeah, he's one of the last old-school tough guys. You know, he's going to... 
he's going to get into a gunfight, have three heart attacks, and still try to chase the guy down. <laughs> so you're talking Clean Eastwood? He's the next Clean Eastwood? Yeah, he's getting there. He's right. getting to that next level status, you know, as right. he ages. Uh, Kate Bosworth, nothing to write home about, I'd say, in this movie. They had this really, him, her, and Emile Hirsch had this really forced situation where they were flirting but there was so much stuff going on the unnecessary love interest it was so weird so tacked on so so much bad stuff's happening he's already been shot like emile harsh's character's already been shot and they're awkwardly flirting her dad's gonna die they're gonna die it was just it was odd yeah awful forced yeah unnecessary love interest it really i didn't like the inconsistencies with the female roles in this movie. They started off so strong, especially Kate Bosman. When she first tells the cop to come in and, and make her dad leave, she's authoritative. But there's scenes of this movie, she's just a little girl that needs a big, strong man to help her, mm-hmm. which I thought was bullshit, because she's the daughter of Mel fucking Gibson. You know she's she's going to be fucking ass. tough. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And, uh, his... Uh, Emil Hirsch's partner in this, uh, your your cousin, Officer Pena, uh, <laughs> uh, she started off real strong at the beginning. Like, she's trying to work her way up through the career, and then she like, oh, Mel, I need a big, strong man to help me get move my career forward, right. which I didn't like, because she's supposed to be a badass on her own terms. Right. I don't know. It was. I know what you mean, though. It's so weird. This movie was just very uneven, and... See, I thought it was a... An okay action movie up until like the ten, last 10, 15 minutes, minutes is uh, when it really seemed to fall apart. It's like they had two different storylines. Yes, yes. And they're like, well, we'll just have to connect them both. Well, also, there were bad guys in this movie. I don't know if you're aware of it, but they were barely in it. There was no reason. You didn't know why these people were doing it. Why were they were committing these crimes at this time? I really like David Zayas as the bad guy, as a villain. I think he does a pretty good job. Mm. It's just his slow, careful mannerisms really help sell the character. Right, right. I thought he was that. a decent bad guy. Well, for what little he was in it, like, yeah, it didn't seem like that big of an apartment complex, and these bad guys just get lost. Yeah, I like his character name in reference with how the character was portrayed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it almost seemed like he was a criminal with a code. You know what I mean? Almost. 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 (laughs) I say before we hit our spoilers, maybe we should, uh, if this was going into theaters, would you suggest people see it in theaters? Wait for it to come on stream or go out and buy it when it comes out? Or fuck it, maybe catch it one day when it comes on cable. I'd say probably just catch it one day on cable if it's on there. Um, I'm sure it's going to go straight to Netflix at some point. I say if it's a streaming service, go ahead. If you're already paying for the streaming service, Give it a flick. You don't really have to pay much attention yeah. to it. If you love Mel Gibson, though, you might like it. It's, yeah, it's not I mean, terrible. It was actually, when the action started getting down, it was actually pretty good. Yeah. Which is another thing I liked about the movie and his uh, his fighting scenes. It, they kept it realistic. Something that's believable that Mel Gibson in his age would be able to throw fisticuffs for that long and that type. With a man in his prime. Yeah, yeah, yeah and yeah. still be able to keep going. Yeah, yeah. I liked how they kept the realistic. All right, so we're going to move on to our three-minute spoiler. Now we're going to do our three-minute spoilers. So if you don't want to ruin this movie, because I know we've talked a lot of crap already about the movie. We also said some good points, but right now we're really about to tear it apart. We're probably going to ruin the spot. 
ruin the plot. For the whole movie. Yeah, complete spoilers. So if you want to skip this movie, go ahead and listen to it. Jesse, go ahead and put three minutes on the board. Warning, 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 warning. Warning, this is your spoiler alert. For the next, the host may be talking about the plot in depth. They may spoil the movie. They may spoil the middle. They may spoil the end. This is your spoiler alert. Warning, 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 warning. This movie starts off with a hurricane coming to Puerto Rico, smashing down on it, which when they announced the movie, it really pissed people off because there was an actual hurricane hitting Puerto Rico at the time. So they had to push back the release of this movie, and COVID-19 happened, so it's still not released. Yes. Coming out on video, then possibly. It's being released. We're wasting time. All right. Anyways, Emil Hirsch is a cop in Puerto Rico. Turns out he accidentally killed his girlfriend, which was another cop. He's a broken man in Puerto Rico from America. Very weird. So he doesn't care about life. He doesn't really want to work. He just wants to, you know, get his money, his pension, and get the fuck out of there. So his boss comes up to him and says, hey, this hurricane's going. You need to evacuate some people from a building complex. You get them out by any means necessary, and he's not happy about it. But he's given a partner, uh, Officer Pena. They head off to the place, to the apartment complex, where they start meeting up with some of the tenants there and try to uh, evacuate them, where he meets. But there's people that don't want to leave. Mel Gibson's like, fuck you, this is my house, I'm going to die here, fuck dying anywhere else. And then downstairs happens to be a Nazi Jew art collection. And David Zayas, the bad guy, plans, you know what? Let's steal $55 million in the middle of this heist. This is perfect. In the middle of the hurricane because no yeah. one will catch you. They can't you know, hear the gunshots and no one's going to call the cops. Just like 1999's Hard Rain with Christian Slater and Morgan Freeman. Burning through almost there, a minute and a half. Uh, what really bugged me about this, when David Zayas shows up to the apartment to fucking steal the artwork, they used four fucking bricks of C4 on that door to get into the... Just into the room where the safe is. That would have leveled the whole fucking building. Absolutely. And where was the fucking tiger, the lion, the jaguar, whatever the fuck was, there was behind a, that a door? big cat yeah. animal in the fucking uh, apartment complex of a character we didn't even talk about because he was barely in it because he almost got eaten by his own fucking cat. And so that, in the end, I don't even want to get there yet. <laughs> yeah. Well, ah. Um, so in the end, the the they, uh, the bad guys get a hold of everybody and they make the German guy show him the art room where all the art that he's only looking for one painting. I think the poppy fields, and I believe it's worth like one point five million or something like that. Yeah, fifty five load of money. And so they just want to steal. It. And then he walks into a room and his room filled with very nice art. And so that seems like he's almost done. But well, it, the, uh, why is this guy's art spread over everyone's apartment, but no one really knows him? Yes, it's really weird because they walk into the room and the bad guy's like, oh, look at all this, this is worth so much money. And Emil Hirsch, who I didn't know was aware of this, he knew that all this art in this room is fake and all the real masterpieces are hung up in the apartment complex in all the fucking apartments. But no one told us that. Yeah. No one told him yeah, that. And why did they just go to the apartment with the tiger right the fuck away? Why do they have to go to other apartments? Because yeah. they met him in an apartment. He's like, no, we got to go to this apartment. Nope. We gotta go to this so, apartment. Oh, here's a tiger. In the end, the bad guys get eaten by the tiger that's hidden behind the closet door, even though and no one done. knows it's there. And we're done. Stop. That's this... it. That's it. Three minutes. That's it. Welcome. I back. mean, that sounds crazy, right? <laughs> that's crazy. All right, that's gonna take us towards the end of our show, where we like to finish it up with a little game we call Reboot Madness. That's where we take a movie from our past and try to fantasy cast it with the cast we would like to see. Not screw it up. Mm-hmm. Unlike a lot of the remakes that have 
already happened. Point Break, uh, Escape to Witch Mountain, uh, the list goes on. That's right, kiddos. It's time for another edition of Reboot Madness. This week's movie, we're going to do 1988's Tequila Sunrise, starring Mel Gibson, Kurt Russell, Michelle Pfeiffer, and Raul Julia. Oh, I was wondering if you are going to yeah, say Yeah, I love Raul, man. Raul. He was amazing. Yes, he was. He was a very good actor. So, Travis, hit me with the movie guy plot. Mac, an unlikely L.A. drug dealer who wants to go straight with one last score. But his best friend Nick is now a cop and assigned to investigate and bring him to justice. With the Mexican cartels coming to the party, the Mexican federales and the DEA will RSVP. I know, a lot of letters. But will Nick and Mac keep their eyes on the prize? with the very attractive restaurant owner stuck between them in Tequila Sunrise. If you were to recast Mel Gibson in this movie, if it was made today, who would you recast? Well, uh, it's hard to... Get someone like Mel Gibson. He he's definitely one of a kind. His mannerisms. He's just a smooth old school guy, and a little pervy. So I thought Jake Gyllenhaal. All right, that's I like that pick. If you were to recast Kurt Russell, who would you choose? I decided on Charlie Hunnan. Okay, that's not bad. And they're both around the same age, so I thought it fit pretty good. Okay. So, the way I chose this is I like both these characters or both these actors for both the roles. So, literally, you could cast these two characters or these two actors in this movie and just decide who fit better as each role. Is there a Tom Hardy on it this is, list? No, 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 Tom Hardy. <laughs> no, it's Chris Hemsworth and Ryan Reynolds. Put those two together. It doesn't matter which character they could play, either one of those characters, and they would do well as at it. That's true. Yeah, that's so true. Those are the two I think I chose. Your, your two would be leaning a little more to the comedy yeah, side. Yeah, yeah. And if you remember, this movie was a little more uh, action and romance. Oh, uh, yeah, that means that's but, true. But, I mean, they, Mel Gibson and Kirk Russell have a good chemistry together. You call him so. Kirk Russell. Damn it! <laughs> Kurt Russell. <Got> <laughs> uh, Mel Gibson and Kirk Russell had... <laughs> Mel Gibson and Kurt Russell... Have a good chemistry together, yeah. and it's that old school chemistry. They're both unique actors, mm-hmm. very unique. And another one which was in this movie, Michelle Pfeiffer. Absolutely, it's a lot of these female ones. When we're rebooting movies, I have a hard time finding someone that can compete with, you know, Michelle Pfeiffer. Absolutely, or, you said uh, this before. Kurt Kurt Russell's wife, uh, Goldie Hawn. Goldie Hawn. I mean, they're just two very amazing actresses. But uh, who did who you did... end up going with? Well, let's hear yours first. Okay. Who did you choose? I chose Scarlett Johansson. Scarlett you Johansson. Can't, it's, hard, it's, it's like you said, it's hard to yeah. find a blonde out there that's uh, very talented. And I think Johansson is pretty talented. No Pfeiffer, no Goldie Hawn. But somewhere in the vicinity of doing it. And, you know, I think she would have good chemistry with both of the actors that I chose. 
Scarlett Johansson is a really good actress. Right, she right. has her her own thing, but she hasn't she hasn't made it to what our old school oh, ladies no, 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 have made not. yet. Which I I hope I hope I look forward to the day that we see her way up there. But to replace Michelle Pfeiffer as Joanne, I reached back. I reached back, my friend. A name you might not have really heard for a little bit. Okay. Christina Ritchie. All right. I came across pictures of her recently, and she is aging wonderfully. And she, I'm a different hair color, but the same bone structure. And, I mean, Christina Ritchie was a pretty good actress growing up. Okay. So I would like to see her make a comeback. That's not bad. Now, my favorite actor from this movie, Raul Julia. Is there anyone you chose in particular for this guy? Because it's got to be special. Hey, I want to hear yours. My, I don't think mine is. I chose. I chose my guy because he he has a decent range, and he could definitely pull off the drug cartel DEA agent because he's played on both sides of the law. Okay. Michael Pena. All right, all right. I actually did not go Hispanic. I went with a European that can play anything. I went with Christoph Waltz from Inglorious Bastards. Nice. Yes. He's just, he's a dynamic actor and you just darken his hair and you give him a little mutt. He could play that character. No problem. I think uh, your Carlos would be better on my list and mine would be better on yours. <laughs> with the comedy. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Who do you think won this week's reboot madness? You could put it in the comment section, Jesse or Travis, or maybe put in your own suggestions on who you think would better cast or who would better play these characters. I think that's it. That was really good weed. I'm spacing <laughs> shit. Uh, <laughs> we want to thank everyone for listening, everyone for subscribing, downloading, any you know interaction you have with us. We greatly appreciate Absolutely. it. Absolutely. If you don't like us, you think we're just assholes, well, tell the people you don't like to listen to our show, yeah. and <laughs> we'll see how we go from there. Also, keep an eye out for more World 7 Productions. Me and Jesse are also trying to focus a... Uh, a more individual show to reboot madness, a little more in depth, a little more, uh, a little more fun. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we just want to say thank you very much, guys. Hopefully we'll be able to do another episode soon. Absolutely. Didn't you have like a, a catchphrase? We what was that? Like get blunted? No, that sounds stupid. Was, was that it? it? No. I don't know. If, if you could think of a catchphrase for the show, why don't you put that in one of our comments? You can find us on iTunes, SoundCloud. Uh, we're on Spotify now. Uh, if you need visual aids for some of these actors, because I know we throw out so many names and we throw them out fast. We also have a YouTube channel. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Twatter, whatever you want. You type us into Google. We'll pull up somewhere. <laughs> All right, Bob, that wraps it up. Roll credits. Let's get out of here. Good job, everyone. Good job.